Money Monday. What's going on with you? Not much, man. Another day in DC. Can I can I say really quickly though the Go one ahead. thing, one of the things that drives me craziest about DC is bicycles on the street during rush hour. <laughs> Why does that get on your nerves? Did you almost hit somebody? Else? I almost got hit, which is an amazing thing. Like I'm in a car, a three thousand pound metal machine. And I almost got hit by a guy texting and driving on a bike. He was texting on a bike? Yes. But like I'm 100% sure they would have said it was me. <laughs> so, you know. That's hilarious. I'm uh, a little bit disgruntled, but, you know, per usual. Um, of course, we want to remind you, you're listening to Manager Damn Money with Ben and Malcolm. Uh, this is the place where we talk about money in a fun way uh, and try not to bore you while doing it. So, uh, real quick, some big news for us. This past week, we had a really big milestone. We had set a goal earlier this year, I think back in April, um, of hitting 10,000 downloads per month. And our listeners and viewers sized us so hard. We hit 10,000. And currently, um, in the month of June, we're at above 12,500 downloads for this month alone. So continue to share, manage your damn money. Continue to let your friends know that this is a great podcast. Um, and something to watch live as well. Uh, how do you feel about that, Malcolm? We hit it. We set a goal. We hit it real uh, way ahead of our schedule. So too bad we don't have an applause track. Like, like I feel like we're we're missing out on that, right? Um, like I'm I'm excited about it. The the only bad thing is like now we have to set another goal, right? And work to hit that. Absolutely. Um, since we're so far ahead of schedule, absolutely. Then, you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so thanks to our listeners, of course, you can just tell people to search Manager Damn Money either on SoundCloud or on the Apple Podcast platform, and you can find us. Also, leave us a review, tell us how we're doing, uh, and we will continue to pump out the wonderful content. Um, also, keep an eye out for this. We'll be promoting on social media. We have a couple of contributions, written contributions I do, uh, with Blavity.com, our friends over at Blavity. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Um, but today's conversation at hand for this episode, um, hilarious survey that was run by LearnVest gave us some new details. That's going to provide us as give us the platform to talk about millennials, travel and trips overseas without breaking the bank. Um, very interesting conversation, very interesting stats on travel and how that happens. But before we get into that, as we do in every show, we're going to do headlines. Um, this is a really interesting headline, Malcolm. Uh, because for this, you. For me, no, this is for us, for the whole MYDM listening community. No, for you, because I got attacked. <laughs> you so, got attacked. You. Well, okay, so a little bit of uh, background real quick. So the headline is, fin- Finnish citizens given universal basic income report lower stress levels and greater incentive to work. Um, So we have some great listeners who are actually participating in this ongoing conversation about money. And one in particular who remembered our discussion from a previous episode about universal basic income. Uh, Universal basic income is basically like the concept of like the government or whoever gives every citizen a check uh, for a certain amount of money to, you know, pay for everything that you your basics like your housing your food etc etc uh lauren e big shout out to lauren e she hit us on twitter and brought our attention to a story about universal income and called malcolm out offering every evidence that there is grounds for the effective implementation of universal universal basic income uh so what was your experience like lauren added us on twitter she showed us the story what was my reaction what was your reaction blocked <laughs> that was my reaction lauren blocked that's that's, that's my immediate reaction uh, no i'm joking so i mean it was funny 
because uh, two things. One, that lets us know that folks are actually watching and engaging with the show, which we appreciate. Absolutely. Obviously, right? Um, especially with that number of downloads that tells us we're doing something right. Absolutely. Um, but separately from that, it, it was interesting that, like, every time we get somebody who sends a message via social media or an email or whatever, it's always in agreement with you. <laughs> I've yet to have anybody send anything in and say anything that gives... Right remotely the idea that they agree with Malcolm, which I don't I don't really appreciate to be honest, but you know, it happens. I got there's, I got thick skin. There's this good cop, bad cop dynamic setting up here. I, I'm okay with it. I don't of course know. you are. I feel like <laughs> I, I feel like the Stephen A. Smith of personal finance. So, that so, so you know, I'm always the bad guy that everybody loves to hate and attack right. when they come in. Uh-huh. But they love talking to me about it right. and, and hearing my opinion too. So, you know, I, there's something to that too. Absolutely. Stephen A. Smith of personal finance, I guess. Um, so to the story, um, and of course, if you want to send something to us, a question or a story that you think is interesting that you want us to cover on the show, uh, just send it to info at managerdamnmoney.com or you can just add us on Twitter um, and we'll take a look. Um, but Lauren E. sent us this very recent piece in The Independent, which is a publication based in the United Kingdom, which reported findings from a universal basic income program uh, running in Finland. Participants received what was the equivalent of $601 every month for two, year, two years and do not have to demonstrate that they are actively seeking work. So this program is actually going on right now. Uh, so $600 every month or the equivalent of, I think it's like uh, 40, 473 pounds if you were to make it like, you know, the UK currency. Um, but Finland has given 2,000 of its citizens an unconditional income for the last five months. So I think it started in January. Mm-hmm. And some are already reporting benefits, uh, such as decrease in stress, greater incentive to find work, and more time to pursue business ideas, which is kind of interesting. Like, of course, if you have some money just given to you, you can kind of focus on some other things. Um, recip- some, some stipulations of the, of the program, there are no real stipulations. Recipients <laughs> do not have to demonstrate that they are seeking employment, and they are not required to report to authorities to prove they still need payment. And uh, one unemployed father who was in Western Finland was picked at random to receive this monthly payment. And he said, unlike when he was receiving standard unemployment benefits, he is now actively seeking work. Um, And I think that had to do with, you know, sometimes if you get part-time work, that can eliminate your benefits. Mm -hmm. Um, But that part-time work still might not be able to support your life. So he he was a little bit more picky then when he had like traditional uh, out-of-work benefits. But now that he gets this unconditional income, he's kind of focused in a different way and allows him to do different things. Um, So first of all, thanks to Lauren E. for finding that story and for sending it through to us I guess uh, <laughs> and, and uh, we want everyone to contribute and like we said if you have an idea um, or want to see a story that's related to something we talked about in a previous episode uh, send it to us uh, so how do you feel about this new evidence it Malcolm? didn't sell me it didn't uh, sell no you figure right but okay. like it didn't sell me because so it only applies to 2,000 citizens uh-huh. Finland has like 4 million or so uh, citizens Okay. So only oh <laughs> 2,000 of the people of Finland get to participate in this. Okay. So imagine, and it's only like six months old or something like that. Right. right? It's still. So the program only lasts for, lasts for two years. So right. You get the income for two years. You're used to getting this $600 a month mm-hmm. and not having to do anything for it. It just falls out of the sky, right? Right. And then what happens when it goes away? Yeah. Did you do anything? It says that you're not required.
required to get out and find a job, which then means that you aren't going out and finding a job. Is that so what you assume? after two years, yes, that's what I assume. You are so, I don't even know what the word is. After two years, you've basically been sitting on the couch and you're like the person in the Everest commercial that they're talking to. That they're like, what are you doing? Sitting here and not doing nothing. Get your life together. Get out and find a job. Oh my that's God. That's who they're talking to at the that point. The Everest commercials like, is what you just said. You know exactly what commercials I'm talking about. But even, I have a full-time job and I watch those commercials and I feel like I'm a slacker. Like, like, look at you watching TV in the middle of the day. Right. What are you doing? That's how I feel about the people in Finland that are getting this $600 a month. Like, when two years are up, I'm going to be calling them up saying, what are you doing? Get a job. You're not doing nothing with your life. That's terrible. That's terrible. Um, Well, I I think it's great in this way. I think, number one, it serves, this is a test, right? True. Obviously, it's going to run for two years and then we're going to see at the end what the actual finished benefit of such a situation, sure. such, such a situation is, um, I don't know. And I think it does speak truth to the fact that if you're struggling on a day-to-day basis to make an income or an income that can support your family or the basics of your family, and you're able to kind of take your mind off of that for a moment um, to maybe refocus your career or to find a career path for those who maybe don't have one yet, um, it certainly is helpful. Now, I think another question, in my opinion, is who in a program like this pays for it? Exactly. Because I think that is one thing in America, we don't like taxes. And for the most part, a program like that is only going to be paid for through taxes. So I'm in wonderment as to how that gets paid for unless you start like taxing public companies if that's even a concept um or you start making public companies the people who are fully employed who are right at that line who could qualify but they have a job right if i quit my job i qualify right and i'll just take the 600 dollars a month so now we have a bigger problem because we have more people who aren't actually contributing anything to the tax pool right because they're not actively employed that's true so then how does it it's one big you know that's interesting um i think one it's like that shell game that people play out in front of, <laughs> out in front of stadiums. Switching cups. <laughs> pick the cup, pick the cup. Uh, but I think uh, I think it'll be nice to see two years from now what the actual finished benefit or what the, the, the findings are. Like they actually interview some of the people who participated in the program. Um, so my question is like, do you think such a thing, that quote or that, that, that one father that was interviewed in Western Finland, do you think there would be a scenario where people would feel more inspired to kind of go get a job or kind of find their feet? Or do you feel like more people would kind of just relax and be like, oh, well, I'm chilling because I'm getting this check? I don't know what it's like in other countries, right? Mm Because I've never worked in Finland or anywhere else. But I can tell you that wouldn't work in America. (laughs) Seriously. Like, the fact that, like, unemployment benefits last a year and then you can re-up and get it for a second year Mm -hmm. and they're constantly having to to fight this battle in Congress and everywhere else on should we even allow this to continue to be a thing because people use and abuse it so much or the disability system, the social security disability system in this country where, you know, carpal tunnel even qualifies in some cases. (laughs) You know, so I'm going to work every day and my next door neighbor is sitting on the porch smoking a cigarette and like going back to sleep when they're done and I'm going to work. Now we have beef on my block. So, you know, that's not going to work in America. I don't know about other countries, you know, kumbaya uh, uh, might be more of a thing for them. But here in the United States of America, where we can't even agree whether healthcare is a right or a privilege, and that's the thing that keeps you alive, I definitely don't think that's going to fly 
people just getting, you know, checks right. to their mailbox every month just for being alive. Well, if you ever wonder why you're the bad cop, the bad cop <laughs> this is a perfect illustration of why that is. But um, there have to be some fellow bad cops out there somewhere. It, 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 you have to get the information somehow, and if we do it this way, that'll work. Uh, we want to remind folks you are listening and watching Manager Damn Money with Ben and Malcolm. Uh, we're going to, in a minute, take a music break and hear from our uh, music producer, and co-producer of this show, Mr. Beats by Beeman. You can listen to his music on Instagram, at Beats by Beeman. Uh, but when we come back, we have a really interesting conversation today. Uh, millennials travel and trips overseas without breaking the bank. There's a reason why we're talking about this today in particular um, and how we were brought to this particular topic. Um, so we're going to take a really quick music break. Um, we will be right back. back here on Manager Damn Money with myself, Ben, and my co-host, Malcolm. Uh, today's conversation at hand, very interesting one, millennials travel and trips overseas without breaking the bank. We are right at the open of summer when people want to get away and enjoy a beach or a vacation cocktail. Malcolm and I are also on our way to trips within the next couple of months. Uh, we both have trips scheduled. Um, and taking cues from MYDM listener Andrew S., we decided we should take a deeper dive into the millennial generation, our penchant for traveling, and how to do it without breaking the bank. Um, so this in part came up because we had a listener send in a question about millennials and millennials travel or desire to travel, because that's like definitely on the rise, right. um, at least with, from what I see. Um, and then what that had to do with wealth and, and, and wealth generation for the millennial generation. Uh, but we pulled an interesting story. This, like, the timing was perfect. So a recent story by Carrie Ann Renzulli on Money reported a new survey from LearnVest, which found men are less honest with their social media travel sharing. The survey found 33% of men said they have faked or misrepresented a scene during a vacation, cropping images, showing an empty beach when there are people <laughs> on the other side, or taking pictures of drinks without those drinks actually being their own. Um, so it seems like men... That's not even vacation. That's just Friday, Saturday night in general. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely like a, a culture of sharing thing at, at large. So it's found that 33% men, 30, 33% of men said they were misrepresenting their, uh, you know, social media sharing at times when on travel. And then women in particular claim to be less dishonest about their trips with only 26% saying they've posted a quote-unquote faux holiday image. I don't think that number's right. I feel like even... Why do you I feel like the ladies were lying right? about that because ladies are probably the best at, you know... Well, present watch yourself. What, what, watch what, yourself. What, 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 
I'm just saying, like, they know how to crop and do the turn, body turns, and everything else that they do. So that's something I feel like they would be pretty good at in terms of, but maybe I'm just stepping on Linux. So I'm going to move on. Um, <laughs> you over, see, I left you hanging on that he one. He didn't I, help me at all. I had nothing to add to that. Uh, <laughs> but overall, uh, in this survey, 30% of Americans admitted to, self, to this kind of self-aggrandizing behavior. But when it got to millennials in particular, which is kind of crazy, of the 1,000 people I think that were surveyed, 56% of millennials said they misrepresent uh, photos or travel experiences through social media, right. which is crazy. That's over it, half. It is, but I'm not surprised. <laughs> I mean, again, you you know, you guys always want to call me out for being <laughs> the eternal pessimist, I guess. Uh -huh. on, but I'm not. I, I tell you all the time, I, I don't even believe like. 25% of what I see represented <laughs> on social media. Uh -huh. And this is why. Right. So not so here's the thing though. If you're somebody who follows uh the trends that you see other people doing, right? right. Your justification is well, everybody else is jumping off the bridge, so I'm gonna jump off the bridge too. <laughs> social media allows people to pretend like they're jumping off the bridge. <laughs> literally. Literally. And you follow it and really jump off that thing. Right. And Ac now accidentally. You know, you looking up at them, looking at you, saying, well, why would you jump? You know, right. I was just playing. I was just <laughs> I, was, I was, just kidding. And so now, you know, you got a whole bunch of people following each other's lead. And nobody's right. actually doing the thing that they're saying they're doing. Right. Somebody's taking an L. Right, absolutely. I hope it's not you. Um, this is us showing us our old manness. My, own, my only thing about the way that we share now and so on social media in particular um, is what I realized, I should say, is that we are, uh, both you and myself, Malcolm, our first experience with social media was MySpace. Mm -hmm. Right. So MySpace was a t was a time and place in social media where you showed your true self, your true friends and everything that you put up was like real. Like I remember MySpace page, my MySpace page had Deion Sanders, okay. a Dallas Cowboy star and had Usher's You Got a Bad Video playing on repeat. And that to me was like me. Like this is a represent representation of high school Ben Carter. Right. And this is what I'm about. Right. Uh, and so now we have this kind of new kind of culture, which says you just present the highlights and the great points of what you're doing, um, which I, you know, I'm, I, I kind of feel icky about a lot of a lot of the times. Um, but I think that's probably why we're not really highlighting the it. great points of your life is fine. Yes. Like that's basically your online resume. OK, so, you know, you write a resume for a job. You should only highlight the good stuff you mm -hmm. do. Right. But it's the creating and fabricating good stuff that I have a problem <laughs> with. So, you know, if you are going to go through the trouble of being a great person and right. an interesting person, uh, then yes, brag about it. Let people see it, uh, you know, shine. Right. But if you're going to pretend to be all that, and, you know, meanwhile, you're laying in the bed, you know, uh, photoshopping pictures. Well, now, you know, I have a problem with that. Absolutely. That, absolutely. That's the part of social media that really bothers me. No, brag about, you know, your, your legitimate wins right and, and let your friends encourage you and, and so on but, right you know definitely definitely um well the learn best survey also found that although average americans spend 10 percent of their annual income on vacation that expenses, is amazing to me yeah that seems like 10 a lot percent of your annual income yeah that's, that seems like a lot um and then 55 percent neglect neglect to include those costs in their financial planning so it's like they kind of plan their budgeting all throughout the year every month without necessarily including whatever vacation plans they have and then three-fourths of americans or the people surveyed said they have gone into debt mm. raking in about eleven hundred dollars on average in order to pay for vacations um so obviously um that means that recovering from that splurge uh takes on average about six months said the respondents to this particular survey um so that's kind of crazy like 
not so much like the social media sharing part. Like we know that's part of the culture. Right. Um, but that's I think just... kind of the miscalculating, not accounting for uh, how much you're spending on those vacations. Right. I think that's kind of a big deal because I think when I read it, I was like, oh yeah, that's true. I don't really account for vacations and, and not to this point. And I've been to a number of places have not really consciously accounted that for, for it as a cost. It might also be a thing where, like, you don't want to account for it because you yeah. don't want to have to think. Like, you know, sometimes you go out on a weekend, have too much fun, mm-hmm. and you're scared to, to open up your bank account <laughs> Everybody next, knows on, that on Monday morning because you're right. scared to see just how much damage was done. Absolutely. This is probably a similar situation where you go on vacation, you paid for the vacation way in advance, probably, yeah. right? Like a few months Hopefully. leading up to the vacation. Hopefully. And then you forget all about the money that you spent, you spent. on. Yeah. But then you get there and you spend again. Yes. So you go shopping, you you yep. know buy, you have entertainment costs yep. and food and drinks and everything else. Mm-hmm. You rack that up even right. worse and you forget to account for that part, the Absolutely. spending money that goes into it. Absolutely. I think that's a big deal. Um, we'll get in the we'll get later in the show to actual things that could actually save you money on uh, traveling and how you can do it in a way that's conscious of your pockets. Um, but what you said is very true about uh, making sure that you spend, or some people you spend ahead of time and you forget about it, but then Mm -hmm. you're spending again. Um, Really quickly, really quickly kind of moving a little bit more personal. You scheduled a trip recently. you were kind of, I guess, I don't know if you actually shared this on the show, but you were kind of resistant to the notion of scheduling a trip. You haven't been on a vacation in how long? Oh, I shared it on the show because oh, I got did? feedback about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Malcolm has shared his resistance to booking a trip. He ended up booking a trip, so congratulations. Why were you so resistant to it, though? Uh, Two reasons. One, I'm a bit of a workaholic, go figure. But two... The man who says universal basic income can't work is a workaholic. Right. Because okay. let's not even go back there. <laughs> um, but, but really because, like... The money we, we're talking about right now right. that it costs to go on that trip, right. I get financial anxiety. Okay. Like, <laughs> spending more than $12 at one time sure. like makes me itch. I understand that. So for something like vacation where it really has no tangible benefit, like I can't go visit that vacation. I can't drive <laughs> that vacation. Uh, I, I can't, you know, consume it. Nothing. So it, it just feels like I'm throwing money into the air. Oh, and, wow. You know, it just, you know, I, and I understand this whole concept that everybody says, you know, younger people care more about experience than they do owning things. Right. I'm not one of those younger people. Right. Like, I care more about owning things than I do about <laughs> The experience of owning things is more important to me than the experience of experiences. <laughs> If that made any sense at all. I, I think I understand you. I so, think I follow you. In a nutshell, that's essentially, you know. But I, I, I have been worn down. I have been convinced that every once in a while you do have to unplug. It's been probably two years or so since I took a vacation. And okay. I think it was six years before I took the one I took two years ago. So, right. it, you know. so this is well-deserved, sir. So so good for you. Um, we want to remind folks that you're listening and watching Manager Damn Money with Ben and Malcolm. We're going to take another um, but when we come back, we're going to actually get into the details of millennials travel and trips overseas without breaking the bank. Um, we're going to talk about a couple other travel related things, um, but also get to some things that can help you save money and keep costs down when you actually travel. Um, you're listening and watching Manage Your Damn Money with Ben and Malcolm. We will be right back.
We are back here on Manager Damn Money with myself, Ben, and my co-host, Malcolm. Um, today, on this conversation at hand on Manager Damn Money, we're talking about millennials, travel, and trips overseas without breaking the bank. Um, so you kind of alluded to it a little bit, but, in, you know, kind of the tension between wanting to make sure that you work all the way through, Malcolm, um, or, ha or having to stop yourself from working to go on vacation. Right. What, what kind of shaped your view of vacation and the place it has in your life as like a kid and kind of into adulthood? You know what? I don't even think it's anything that like happened as a kid. We took vacations as a family and okay. stuff like that when I was a kid. But I, I have never had a salary job in my adult life. Okay. And so everything I've ever done has been on the basis of your hustle. You know, right. Like your right. input determines your output. Right. And so I was just in order to be successful at that in those various roles i was just groomed that like if you think you can afford to be away from here <laughs> go ahead and be away from here uh, but when you get back right. you still need to produce right and so that's kind of how my mentality has always been okay um and so i'm constantly thinking about like the next thing that i need to do okay um whereas you know folks who are on salary you have no uh motivation to do right. anything different you know <laughs> absolutely absolutely um it's definitely a different incentive structure um for me i think i can't really think of anything in terms of vacation that or anything that shaped my views of vacation um i think I, I, getting married obviously had an impact on what was a priority for me and who, um, you married. And who i married yeah. obviously um but i think uh i i was rather agnostic about traveling to begin with i think i've traveled a lot for work and um, you know, went to Texas a lot growing up because I have family there. Uh, but other than that, like, I really wasn't thinking too much about traveling. Uh, so I didn't really have much of an opinion. But um, it's interesting because my grandparents, on the other hand, they do a lot of traveling. And it, for those who are watching, this is a photo of my grandparents. Uh, they do a lot of cruising. With the Sunday's best on. With the Sunday's best <laughs> on, indeed. Um, and they do a ton of traveling via cruises okay they've been on like something crazy like 45 day cruises do they wear matching outfits while they're on the i do not think they do that okay. i do not think they do that Sorry. uh but uh i was talking to my grandmother shout out to reverly reverly again uh and she asked me because my wife and i have been on a couple trips this this year alone uh puerto rico uh where else did we go oh greece and then you know and eventually barcelona um, and I've been on a couple other trips last year, and she's been to Costa Rica and a whole bunch of other places. And my grandma said, how are you guys able to afford all these trips? And I was- From the lady who was on a 45-day cruise. But she, her situation is different. What do you do on a 45-day cruise? I don't know. You basically, <laughs> that's your boat. You live there. Mind. Like, you own that boat at that point. Like, So anyway, I- so I told her, I said, Grandma, like, that's just what we decided to invest in. Um, you know, we're getting it out the way before any other life things uh, get in the way of doing stuff like that. Right. Um, but my grandma's question kind of alludes to the question of, like, what is with this culture, or American culture in particular, that says that you have to wait and defer travel in particular for you to be able to deserve it or have earned it? I don't know that that's... Is that a generational thing? It could be. I don't, I don't know, honestly, because I okay. don't pay enough attention to it. Like, there's, there, there's an article that you and I talked about that we're going to discuss in a second that, you know, kind of outlines that point. But it, right. it, that's coming from someone who's considered one of our peers. Right. right. Like, I think the author was like 35 or something. Right. Um, so I don't know what the I think old people just want us to wait to do anything. That they <laughs> to, like, they you can't to be, be traveling like me. Like, right. Basically, like, yeah. you know, it, I had to wait. 
30 years to get right. to a point where I could afford to do X. Right. So you need to put in your time and wait to afford to be able to do X as well. Which I is, think that has a lot more to do with it. Which is a perfect segue to this story when we wanted to squeeze into this particular episode. Um, this is a recent piece on Forbes.com. Uh, by Mr. Brian Roberts. Brian Roberts sounds like a total curmudgeon in this piece. (laughs) The headline reads, here's why you shouldn't travel in your early 20s. So first of all, first of all, first things first, that headline. You didn't like the title. Oh my gosh. Don't tell me why I shouldn't do anything. (laughs) Like, why don't you suggest something more positive? But saying, starting with here's why you shouldn't travel in your early 20s, you're already getting put in a certain bucket, Mr. Roberts. Right. Um, and he started off with the word millennial in the first sentence. And which that, we know you don't like. Right, that told me everything I needed to say. <laughs> um, so we're just, we're really quickly, I'm going to read a real quick excerpt from the piece. Uh, Mr. Roberts says, My lifestyle as a writer and entrepreneur could be considered nomadic, yes. But that's because I laid the foundation. Through discipline, skill building, and refining my value to sustain it. Aimless travel, not tied to building a skill or a business enterprise, is not likely to increase millennials' values to others or produce a tangible return on investment moving forward. Invest in yourself, your future. Identify the best place to move as a millennial. Plant your roots and enjoy more substantial adventures once you've laid the groundwork. So, he's, I mean, he just sounds like an old man. Yes and no. He okay. sounds like kind of petty in the sense Very that much it's like... like I did it, but I can afford to do it because I'm awesome. <laughs> but the rest of you, the rest of you, turn right. and and do what I've done, right. basically. Um, but it definitely does sound right. old man like in right. the sense that, like I just said, it's always you didn't put in the work that I put in over the right. last X amount of years, so you shouldn't be able to afford to do what I get to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like to see you here enjoying the same amenities that I enjoy <laughs> at the age of whatever. So you, 22 year old, right? Recent graduate, sit down. You're not supposed to be traveling. Now, yet. granted, there I'll say there is some validity to the folks who caution folks not to go on vacation before they've done X or Y. Sure. So you know, for the folks who haven't uh, paid student loans, okay, who haven't you know moved out of no, not paid them off, okay, but like you know you're behind on oh, student right, loans, right, right, okay. behind, your obligations for the month or whatever like that. Yeah, sure. In lieu of, I want to go on this trip, so I'm not going to pay any of my bills. That's true. That kind of stuff, or, you know, where they were talking about folks going into debt to go on right. trips, that kind of thing. That, I, I understand if that's your your hesitation that you don't want 20-somethings going on. That makes sense. But let's not be so vague then. Right. Because some people <laughs> do make decent enough money to, to be go able to somewhere. Both. You can be responsible and go on vacation. Absolutely. And so on and so on. So. And there's a counterbalance, too, to that conversation, um, which is kind of the other side, which we alluded to earlier earlier in the show um this growing desire amongst millennials broadly this growing interest in travel and adventure and exploration across the globe where do you think that's coming from it's almost like travel is becoming more important than some of the old traditional milestones of like american pie a house white picket fence a dog and three kids like traveling is almost more important than that now so i've told you my personal reticence about this whole thing when when people talk about young people like us Mm -hmm. millennials if i have to use the word (laughs) yes uh and our attitudes toward personal finance in general Mm -hmm. i think part of it is like everything you read about when it pertains to us and the future financially Mm -hmm. is negative yeah. Not only is it negative, it's terrible. Yeah. So it says to you, basically, you'll never own a house. 
you'll never have the white picket fence and the two and a half kids and the three and a half dogs and the whatever else goes into the American dream. Mm -hmm. So you best not even try. <laughs> and so if I'm looking at that and I'm, you know, in that demographic, I'm saying, well, what's the point? Why right. even try to be right. even mildly responsible with it if everybody I listen to tells me I'm doomed anyway? <laughs> if I try or if I don't, right. I might as well go have some fun. Right. Take these trips. Absolutely. Be on Instagram flexing. You know, enjoy it while I can. <laughs> On Instagram straight <laughs> Like if I'm gonna end up In the same place As everybody else anyway right. Like what's the You know that, I think that has A little bit to do with it And that's kind of my fear In general About our generation And our generation's Attitude toward money Where okay. it's kind of like I'm just throwing in the towel I give up right. Before I even get started I'm just gonna Accept my fate now since everybody keeps dumping on you, telling you it's going to be so bad, it's going to be so bad, right. and no matter what you do, you're doomed. Right. Absolutely. Um, we want to remind folks you're listening and watching Manage Your Damn Money with Ben and Malcolm. Uh, we're talking about millennials, travel, and trips overseas without breaking the bank. Um, it's interesting because I think, you know, obviously Instagram, ironically, and other social media platforms have a lot to do with why there's a growing interest in travel. Mm -hmm. um, obviously having the opportunity to take a picture with a beautiful scenery behind you uh, is a really great thing and self-aggrandizing thing that makes you feel good if you get a bunch of likes on it that you don't normally get. That's entertaining too. Uh, get a little shot of that dopamine I think that hits when you get likes. How much do they pay for likes these days? <laughs> right. Um, but anyway, so that's an interesting progression. Um, but real quick, another article... Uh, which the headline read, Americans take on this much debt to pay for vacation. Mm -hmm. It was a CNBC story by Emily Bohatch, which explored de the debt people take on to afford trips and vacations. Uh, this story also, interestingly enough, cited the LearnVest story mentioned earlier, um, which surveyed, again, 1,000 1, adults. Uh, and showed grown folks take on as much as $1,100 worth of debt to go on vacation. Uh, a Bankrate.com chief quoted in the story, chief, oh, he's, excuse me, the chief financial analyst, Greg McBride is quoted in the story and attributes debt for vacation to a lag of income. People's expenses are going up and people's income is barely keeping pace, if at all. According to the survey, as I may have mentioned before, 55% of Americans forget to even consider their vacations when laying out the budget for the year. Uh, about one third of the respondents say saving for vacation is a top priority ranking it higher than saving for a house or retirement, which is kind of to your point that we talked about earlier. Um, vacations becoming the new white picket fence, or or should I say traveling is becoming the new white picket fence of sorts, or at least in this era of life. Um, it's like a badge of honor. To some extent, like to yeah. talk to people about how many stamps are in your passport. It's <laughs> like the new, I got this many square feet in my new house I just bought. Oh, that is I got, true. you know, this new car. Or how many stamps does your passport have? Like, that's <laughs> kind of like the, the, the trade, the barter system at Absolutely. brunch, you know, for, for bragging rights. Look at my stamps, girl. Uh, so here's another question. Do you account for travel in your yearly planning financially? Um, When I plan to actually go on mm -hmm. vacation, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's fewer and further in between so i, I kind of have just like the stash to the side for sure. some kind of for whatever I have no idea what i'm saving it for but i know i'm gonna want to do something right and so that is what essentially that account is for mm -hmm. i do think though for people like you're talking about who think vacation is like the most important thing in the world mm -hmm. you should be saving part of your paycheck specifically for that vacation Absolutely. and that travel Absolutely. and also you know kind of a side note 
get a credit card that has travel rewards Absolutely. that allows you to actually get some kind of benefit Absolutely. from those trips that you're taking if you're taking that that many of them absolutely um and then you know you get free flights and free upgrades and everything else that goes along with it get something out of your sure you know absolutely um so real quick uh this survey as we kind of discussed even just in our own experience is suggesting that traveling is more important than even like retirement what, yeah. what does that mean uh, that that's scary to me <laughs> in all honesty that, uh-huh. that so Basically, that is what I was talking about, where you see folks who have thrown in the towel right. and say, either I'm never going to get to retire right. or whenever I retire, I'm going to be in trouble anyway. Right. So I might as well enjoy my youth while I have it right. and worry about everything else. Cross that bridge when I get to it and it's already on fire. <laughs> That's basically like what that says to me, which is a bad way to look at it, because like I said, you can do both. Like You Absolutely. can make a decent amount of money right. spend some of it on housing expenses and being responsible and then spend some of it on traveling but then also you got to travel within your budget absolutely. stay in your financial lane <laughs> absolutely so uh, we want to remind folks you're listening and watching manage your damn money we're gonna take a uh, quick music break we're gonna hear another track from mr beats by beeman he is uh the co-producer and co-creator of this particular show manage your damn money um, when we come back, we're actually going to go down a list of ways to pay for and plan for vacations effectively such that you're not spending more money than you have to uh, when it comes to planning that trip. Uh, so we're, when we come back, that's what we're going to discuss. You're watching and, and listening to Manage Your Damn Money with Ben and Malcolm. We will be right back. I am sitting in the morning at the diner on the corner. I am for the man to pour the coffee I am sitting Welcome back to Manage Your Damn Money. This is Manage Your Damn Money with Ben and Malcolm. Uh, we want to remind folks that you can follow us on social media. My handle is at mydm1 uh, at Malcolm on Money. Absolutely. And if you want to send us a shout out or say something or respond to something you hear us talking about on the po- this podcast or previous episodes, uh, just go ahead and write us a note. Uh, you can also send an email. Of any thoughts, questions, or concerns, or criticisms you might have, Malcolm doesn't want to hear those. I, <laughs> I actually do. Spam folder. <laughs> so uh, you can send us those at info at managerdamnmoney.com, and you can always find everything that you need to know about us at managerdamnmoney.com. And also make sure you subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. Those reviews help us give other people a sense of what the show is about so leave us a great review there um on this episode we are of course talking about millennials traveling and how to save money while planning for those travels um so real quickly we have a list here of ways to pay for and plan for vacations effectively uh the first thing that we have here malcolm is contribute to an account or set aside a certain amount of money monthly to pay for travel just like saving for retirement or for a home Right. The only challenge to that is that's going to require delayed gratification. Okay. Because what that means is, as I'm saving up 
through the rest of this year, let's say, right. to pay for my vacations next year, right. that I can't take any trips this year. Right. So you're going to have to be at least somewhat disciplined and dedicated Absolutely. to not do anything else extravagant in the meantime right. while you're saving up for the thing next year. You've mentioned this before, and I think it's worth mentioning again. What's the most effective way to set money aside for yourself? Hide it from yourself. Okay. What does that mean? So essentially, like, for example, I have an account that I don't have access to. Okay. I don't have everyday access to. I can't look at it online. Right. I don't have a debit card, checkbook, anything like that. Right. Um, and actually, the it's a credit union that's like 30 miles out of my way. Right. So I would literally have to get into my car, drive to that place between the hours of, I don't know, 10 and 3 or whatever time credit unions are open uh -huh. um, <laughs> to get my money out of there to do whatever frivolous thing I was looking at doing. Right. Um, and so every single month when I get paid, I have a portion of that paycheck direct deposited into that credit union account that's kind of like a black hole right because i'm not driving all the way out do you there. even know how much is in there i so i do check on my money every okay. once in a while. <laughs> um and and i have a pretty good idea right. of of how much should be in there okay but occasionally you know i'll go and like deposit you know i have cash in my pocket for no uh -huh. reason and i'm out that way okay. i'll deposit some money just to get a receipt to right. know how much is in there and check on my money okay excellent excellent yeah so i absolutely hide money from yourself create an account that is specifically set away for traveling i once did that for lunch the purposes of lunch in particular because i'm kind of a lot i'm kind of like a, i'm like at a i have like a, i had a thing not so much now but i used to have a thing where i used to want to eat lunch or buy lunch at work because i feel like i deserved it anyways um <laughs> okay. uh so another way to pay for and plan for vacations effectively uh make a, vo a vow excuse me to avoid debt to travel so just plan straight up saying if you can't afford it or you're not in a position to really pay for it effectively just you know you can't go and just make that the the blanket statement across the board um also a big one prioritize destinations make a list and only pay for high priority trips. So I would suggest people actually know in advance of anyone bringing them the possibility of going to this or that trip or that, right. this or that country, a list of places you in particular would like to go. And if a hmm, if a, if an opportunity so comes not on my list of places I want to go to, then it then the consideration it has to get scrutinized even further because if it's not knocking something off your list, then that means you're actually having to contribute more money towards traveling mm -hmm. in a way that hasn't quite satisfied your interest hmm. in terms of what you're looking to do. But what if I just don't know geography well enough to pick enough places? <laughs> and then you say, hey, Malcolm, let's go to Cuba. And I'm like, oh, it wasn't on my list, but Cuba sounds dope. Sure. Then what do I do? I think that I think the list can be a moving document, okay. but you do have to understand, I believe, um, that all destinations are not equal to you. Um, because for me, I, I have a bit of Latin influence family lineage way back and for me going to a Spanish speaking country is I have of higher priority because of the influence it had on our family mm -hmm. um, than going to like Croatia for instance like that's not high on my list so someone says let's go to Croatia I'm be like uh no why uh, so you'd rather go merengue with your cousins absolutely than go visit some strangers in Croatia <laughs> absolutely um so in that way uh you know, know which know where you would like to go and have like a list or a working list. Um, I would also say find and follow travel alert and travel deal websites. Um, I don't even know what they're called, frankly, but I know from time to time there'll be like a big dust up travel hacks, travel hacks yeah. where there'll be a mistake made on a travel fair 
or there will be like some mistake made on this or that. Usually it has to do with planes. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, uh, I myself and a bunch of other people went to Dubai on a fair glitch during Christmas time a couple mm -hmm. years ago. I remember it was the Christmas hysteria. morning. Yeah. Yes, so you you were you were you so we bought those tickets mm -hmm. that morning and it was a flight to Dubai round trip for like $214 each. And um, and Instagram blew up. Yep. Blew up. Absolutely. And and it was completely dependent upon who you knew and whether or not you were going to come across that and if you did it quick enough. Because right. I think it was just that morning portion. It didn't last very long at all. Right. Um, so those kinds of things are important to follow and keep track of in some kind of way. Uh, there was also a couple of weeks, several weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago now, there was like a flight mistake or glitch to South Africa somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, so those kinds of things you want to take advantage of when you have the opportunity. Um, also, you mentioned this earlier in the show, Malcolm, credit cards. Um, the importance of, if you're going to travel, making sure you have a credit card that gives you some kinds of rewards or travel rewards right. to, to spend that, especially flights and hotels. Mm -hmm. Kind of explain that to me real quick. Well, I mean, so essentially, if you are a person who's going to travel that regularly mm -hmm. um, or that expensively, one or the other, because right. Right? sometimes it's based on the dollars you spend, then having a credit card from you know one of these banks that offers different travel rewards programs, you know, you spend X amount and you end up with a free flight a year from now. Right. Or you spend uh, X amount and you end up with a free hotel stay. Right. Those kind of things cut down the cost of your future travel expenses. Right. So then it kind of motivates you to, to, to travel the same way, right. if that makes sense. So you, you, you plan your travel out, I guess, is what I'm saying. You plan your travel out at the beginning of the year the same way every year mm -hmm. so that you know what's going to pay these points, what we're going to use the points for, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and again, it kind of goes to the point of just like planning it out in advance. Right. That, that helps you actually do it efficiently. Absolutely. Um, another thing that people should do, uh, plan trips a year in advance or as close to a year in advance as possible. And um, so that means like your flight, your hotel, pay for those things out and over time so maybe like first buy the flight so you know you're going then two months later buy the hotel or the airbnb or whatever wherever right. it is you're gonna stay um and then also um when there you is get a there's like a, a line though of how early is too early to buy a flight and where's like the sweet spot whether it's three months in advance or whatever that is it's definitely not something that's a hard fast ratio i think you just have to use your best judgment in terms of am i willing to pay for this 500 hundred dollar flight when i know it can get up to be about 800 dollars. right is that a good buy um and same with like uh, where you're staying on a on a on a you know night to night basis wherever you're going to travel to, um, adults only, no kids. <laughs> that's a requirement. That's for my criteria. Okay, um, and then when you uh, and then so by the time you leave, about eighty percent or so of your stuff that you need to pay for can be paid for. Like a good portion of the major things. No, maybe not food. No, maybe not like excursions and everything. Like once you get there, but making sure that most of the big things are already taken care of and done over time allows you to recover such that when you're ready to go, you already have another bit of savings right. uh, to take you on your way. Um, and then also another big one, consider alternative housing options. So obviously uh, there are home sharing platforms that I kind of just mentioned before. Uh, also 
uh, hostels and uh, sharing, share, a big one is sharing hotel rooms with friends. So like doing four to a room, though it's not totally comfortable, you still get the benefit of like a nice place with a good shower and then, you know, you can bunk up however. Uh, have you ever stayed in a hostel before? Absolutely not. I've stayed in a hostel Absolutely once. Absolutely not. I was so disturbed. It was a hostel in New York City. Oh. I was so confused because I had never stayed in a hostel. I was probably about 20. It was like some program I was doing, like an internship program, and it was like the final thing in New York. And they put us up in a hostel. So here I am thinking I'm walking into a hotel room. Oh, my God. And it's like a room full, like with four bunk beds with for eight people. And I was like, wait, 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 what? I would have walked and, across the street and got a hotel room somewhere. Well, I, then I couldn't afford a hotel room of my own. And so I walked in. So I walked in. I put my stuff in like a corner. I tried to like commandeer a little space <laughs> for myself. Um, and then the craziest part, I think I stayed there for two nights oh, and man. seeing people like, back. I had to, and seeing people like kind of in and out, kind of in a, I guess the word transient fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, oh, this is what a hostel is. Um, that was definitely like a rude, I haven't stayed in one since. See, um, I was going to say like, you don't necessarily have to go for like the super deluxe ocean view room on right. the top floor of the hotel. Okay. Since you're going to spend most of your time out doing stuff anyway, mm-hmm. right? The room doesn't matter as much. Right. But I definitely wasn't going to suggest a hostel. <laughs> like, that's the opposite <laughs> end of where I was going to go with that. And if you're young and you're 23, 24, you can stay in a hostel and save yourself some money. If you um, say so. If you say so. So, uh, another one on the list, uh, understand the full cost of, of traveling is not just flight and hotel, but also transfers, taxis, dining, tips. Uh, make sure you have travel emergency funds in case wild stuff happens. So, not only do you have to have everything ready so that you can pay for, uh, you know, food and eating and all that you have to make sure that like if some stuff goes down you have some tie you over till that stuff gets resolved and hopefully in cash well uh, you like cash well I mean what if I'm in a country that doesn't accept my you know visa card from my bank here in America I would suggest reconsidering traveling to that place (laughs) just because there are certain things that so this is the this that's a good point, Malcolm. Or I'm in a taxi and the taxi doesn't accept, you, you know. You do have to have a certain amount of cash, but you don't want to have so much that you feel at some point that you're a target for. Well, I don't mean walk around like you're in a Rick Ross video, <laughs> but I'm just saying like you gotta have something on you so that right. you can you can get out of that situation a lot easier than hold on, let me go find an ATM. That's true. That's probably not gonna go over so well in the middle of the night in the back of a taxi. That's true, that's true. Um, and you gotta make sure that you con- you know convert your money and consider what the conversion rate is. Uh, like when you go to the UK, your dollar isn't doesn't quite go as far um, as that's it does here. Too. So you don't um, over tip. Right, so you don't over tip. Some countries have diff- totally different viewpoints on tipping, like tipping is included in the actual price of the food, mm-hmm. so you don't have to tip at all. Um, and sometimes the country just doesn't value tipping, so it just depends. Um, the locals uh and then also a really big important part that doesn't have directly to do with um saving money but it's very important make sure you tra- uh, set travel notices with your bank uh so l- as I, I put on here limit the cash you carry at least on you um when overseas but i think it is right. a good point to have a balance between your credit card that works overseas and knowing it works um and then also cash 
Um, and that's, of course, to avoid any fraud. Um, and then there's a big one that you mentioned, Malcolm, considering quote unquote, all inclusive options for relaxing vacations. Uh, that way you just pay for your flight, you pay for everything on the resort and they just stay on the resort and that's it. Um, so that's a really good way to save money. Uh, also keep in mind, travel agents can help you plot out, plot out a trip when you really are not great at planning like me, but doing research and planning on your own can really save you money on uh, trips focused on exploration. Um, so if you do everything piecemeal on your own, uh, trying to figure out, you know, where are we going to stay? What experiences are we going to have? When you do that on your own, uh, you can do a lot to save yourself money. Um, and then finally, the last thing I have here is uh, balance booking ahead of time. So we talked about the value of booking stuff ahead of time uh, with arriving to consider the, what the best options are. Okay. So a lot of times like when you go on explorations or things that are activities while you're there, uh, there's a temptation to kind of book ahead of time and just pay for it so you have it taken care of. But a lot of times you can get deals. Um, you can finagle and work with people who are who are offering the service. The prepaid deals are never going to be as good as what you can experience when you go to that place. Absolutely. And then you ask people who live there, what should we do? Absolutely. There's no way the travel sites online are going to be able to take you to the better places. That you know, they, their connections are based on who's giving them a kickback. Absolutely. The local connections are like, <laughs> I want you to have a good time, so right. you bring more friends to this country and right. spend some money here and help our local economy so right. we will show you the good time absolutely so and and you could save money and not and you also get to see what it is that you're getting yeah uh whereas if you're doing it online you're not necessarily sure what you're going to get out of it um but if you're sitting in front of somebody they could tell you we're going to go here here and here then that's an opportunity for you to kind of pick what situation is going to be best of or of most value to you um so that's the end of our list uh if you have any other suggestions in terms of what helps with traveling feel free to send us an, a note at info at managerdamnmoney.com uh you can also follow us and find everything about us on managerdamnmoney.com uh and we want to encourage people to subscribe on soundcloud.com backslash managerdamnmoney or just search managerdamnmoney on the apple podcast platform and you can subscribe there leave us a review uh it was another great show another great money monday malcolm hope that helps somebody hope that helps somebody just a little bit of wisdom that we have to share on uh traveling uh but uh we want to thank you for listening and watching manager damn money uh we can't wait till next week until then uh be good with your money peace peace they say that money made the world go round.